my name is Chris Bett and welcome to another Rangers pre-season podcast on Saturday 3. Joining me to discuss the latest going-ons at Ibrox is first of all Eddie, how, how you doing mate? I am not bad mate. Good, good. Me and you were united there um, at Ibrox first time in a wee while so we can discuss that. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you missed me, I'm sure you said that. Um, what gave it away? Was it the, the big hug when yeah. we scored a goal even though it was just a little testimonial? <laughs> um, and joining Eddie and I is Kenny. Kenny, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, Chris. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, so we'll discuss, obviously, as I said, the latest going on uh, at Ibrox at the moment. Discuss the wee bit about the Newcastle game, Al McGregor's testimonial, the upcoming Hamburg game, and then some kind of transfer rumours. Um, and also a new top is about to drop. I'm sure we'll all, we'll all agree on that top. Um, it's, a, it's an absolute belter, but we'll come to that towards the end so we'll focus on Newcastle first so it was obviously Al McGregor's testimonial match they they brought a pretty strong team um it was the, the, the starting 11 was was pretty solid there was a Tonali um the new guy uh the, from AC Milan Kieran Trippier played the only real weakness there uh was Loris Karius and goals um for obvious reasons Kenny Pope never started uh, do you know why that is no uh, no, I just wasn't fit. What were you thinking? You tried to get us into trouble, Kenny? <laughs> no, not at all. Just sitting here <laughs> chuckling away. But in, in all seriousness, Kenny, the, the Newcastle team, did it surprise you just how strong a lineup they'd, they'd fielded? Obviously, they're about a week, maybe two weeks behind us in pre-season. Um, I, I expected a lot more younger boys to be to be there, but it was a pretty. They, they took the game pretty seriously. No, they did, and I, I wasn't surprised at all. Um, they had played uh, at the weekend, played Gateshead, I believe. Um, and I think they put a kind of bit of a 50-50 team out at the weekend, as far as I can re- remember. Uh, so, no, I think it's a good test for them as well. So, I-, I think it's their first proper game. And I don't think they're that far behind us as well, Chris, to be honest with you. I think they're just a few days behind us. So, um, yeah, a good run out and a good test. And I was surprised at how quickly they got off, you know, got on the ball and how well they passed it, to be honest, at the start. thought they played well. I have to say, the, the Newcastle team, take out, take out some of the kind of big hitters like Trippier and um, Tenali uh, and, and possibly even Callum Wilson. Even, I don't think it's too harsh to say, Eddie, I'll probably come to you because you'd know Newcastle better than any of us, obviously staying in the area, but their team is made up of pretty average Premier League players out with the superstars. Um, and it really drove home to me just how impressive a job Eddie Howe has done in the time that he's been at Newcastle because he's got these guys really drilled, working hard, and they're a really impressive outfit. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're going to be winning all the trophies next year because I, I don't think they are I don't think they're quite there yet but they're, they're certainly on track to, to be that team over the next couple of years especially if the, the Saudis really really start um, digging deep in, in their, into their pockets but in terms of the, their actual players um, as I say they're, they're not the most impressive players in the world if you look at their CVs you look at their careers um, but he's got them working as a really well-oiled machine would you agree with that? Yeah I think that's a fair assessment um, they've they didn't invest massively, massively. I know the numbers that get thrown around are quite high when we look at it from our perspective, but for Premier League investment, it hasn't been out of the world massive. And they were, you know, you've got to remember they were building from a team that was battling relegation. They brought in um, a couple of decent players over the the kind of uh, time that um, 
Eddie Howe's been in charge so far, but nothing like nothing huge. You know, it'll be like one big signing and then a couple of kind of uh, mid mid range signings. And they're building a kind of team the way that it probably should be done in stages. They built a team to to survive last season and to challenge for European spots. And then Eddie Howe being such an outstanding coach that he is, and I don't think there can be any kind of real uh, debate on that now. He managed to get them really well organised, playing really well. He took a player like uh, Miguel Almiron, who <clears throat> was their most expensive player when he was signed a few seasons ago um, for £20 million. But, you know, that was nothing in, in Premier League money. And he was OK. He was in and out of the squad. He didn't have a particularly overly effective start to his career. But once Eddie Howe came in, he just really, really turned a corner and was absolutely fantastic specifically at the start of last season he just seemed to be scoring week in week out and, and had a really really strong start to the season and it's been nice to see how they've kind of built slowly and been really well organized and as they start to invest more over kind of this summer Tonali's obviously come in but I would imagine they'll sign a couple more um, especially with St Maxim going out and watching them progress over the next few windows into a, a real kind of title challenging team will be quite interesting and, and I'll enjoy seeing that because obviously I've watched them for years um, and, and watched kind of the struggles and been with the fans through some of the, the relegations and that so it'll be nice to see them have a bit of success hopefully um, over the next few years. Yeah absolutely um, in terms of Rangers well, well, well in terms of the game I'm not going to go through it blow by blow uh, I don't think that's necessary it was only uh essentially a, a pre-season kickabout anyway but we'll focus on Rangers the new signings that featured but obviously Jack Butland, Kieran Dowell, Abdullah Sima, um, Sam Lammers um, and Leon Balligan if you want to call him a new signing so they, they all featured on the night. McGregor came off after just after half an hour and was replaced by, by Jack Butland um, so if, if we obviously you know we'll look at the first goal um, Barisic gets done Ball was in. It's one 0 to Newcastle. Um, I'll come on to Barisic. Uh, Rangers equalised for Sam Lammers, uh, pressing, forcing a mistake from the Newcastle goalkeeper. Slots at home, and then obviously Newcastle get the the winner late on. Um, young Yefeko was kind of isolated out there. Isak Dunham chipped the ball in, and then it was headed home. Um, and that's that's the goals. But in terms of Rangers players, if we look at the new signings first, uh, Kenny. Uh, Butland, I don't think we can really comment on. We've never seen anything of him. I've seen a few harsh bits of criticism of him, saying he should have done better at the goal. Not too concerned about that. Um, Dowell, uh, neat and tidy enough, but they will tell you the, the the one thing unfairly for Kieran Dowell, uh, from my perspective, is he's got Alfredo's number. Um, how dare he? Seema, I was actually really impressed by Seema. Um, worked really, really hard. Was he's got a bit of bite about him, um, but a dig, I like that. He's he's going to be a bit of an asset. Balligan, what can you say about Balligan? Um, we know what we're going to get there, um, which is good and bad, uh, in, in my opinion. But he never he never done much to make me go. He's going to be a great signing. It didn't do much to make me go. He's going to be a terrible signing on the night. It was yeah, so there's not really much more we could have learned about Balligan. Sam Lammers, uh, he he did impress me. Um, I was. Really quite apprehensive about this signing, especially the amount of money that we paid for him. He's very, very poor goal scoring record. He's poor record overall over the last couple of years, if you want to call it that. He's been here, there, and everywhere. 
Um, didn't really understand this signing, but I, I came away um, thinking, I, I kind of get it now. He's going to be the pressing machine. He's going to be the guy that leads the press. Um, he's not going to get the, the amount of goals that we were all saying he needed to get, I, I don't believe. Uh, I genuinely believe that he won't get 215. Kenny, obviously, I mean, you've got a kind of side bet on there. Um, I, I genuinely believe he won't get as many goals as that, but he will create probably as many of the goals Um I would expect him to be creating kind of in the 15s in terms of assists purely because of his of his pressing style. So that's what I came away thinking about the new signings. Um, what about yourself, Kenny? Yeah, um, Balogun. Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. I know what you. We all know what. <clears throat> beg your pardon. What we're going to get with Leon Balogun, um, and he came on and he he coasted that last 25 minutes, half an hour, whatever it was, he was on. Uh, Seema I did enjoy watching I thought he worked incredibly hard I thought he was um, played out of position slightly I think and to be fair the two centre halves that he's playing against are top class I mean they are, they're top top class players you're talking about them being journeyman Premier League players, this is a top four team in the Premier League Chris and they are a very very good team Um, and defensively in particular they're really really solid and I thought he didn't give up all night he caused them as much bother as he could um, and it will be interesting to see him coming in off the left as you know where he is going to play. I think slightly. Um, Lammers, I uh, I'm not surprised at all uh, with because I've been telling you for quite a long time he's going to do really well. Um, and it's twelve goals is to beat the the you know um, look. I, it's very difficult to judge these guys on one game. I, I don't agree with the, the criticism you're talking about with Jack Butland either. I, he can't do anything with that goal at all. It's just a loopy header over, you know, and into the top corner. He can't do anything about that. Um, and it's testament to Rangers playing against a team like that that kept the ball so well, particularly in the first half, that if you're being honest, I, I actually thought they only really had two chances and they took them both. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a good run out against a right good side. And all of the new uh, signings came, a, you know, came out pretty well. I think, it, you know, but it's hard to judge because it is the first game and it is only a friendly, Chris. But I was quite happy, you know, with, with the way we played that. So I thought we did okay, and the new signings stood up well. Absolutely, Kenny. No, I, I totally agree uh, with that assessment as well. Eddie, anything you want to add about the new signings? Um, before I go on to them, I'll just um. Like back up Kenny's point around the Newcastle back four or back five, if you will. Um, I know Pope wasn't playing, but their back five was. What well, I'm pretty sure they were the top one in the Premier League last season. If not, they would have been at least second because they were top for a long, long time, and they went a massive stretch of games without conceding a goal as well. Um, so you know, <laughs> although I think left back's probably the only area they need to to really strengthen up when it comes to that kind of back four line. Um, we were up against the top back four, so our forwards in the first half did really well. I was um, massively impressed with Lammers. I know you're saying you, you can see it a bit more now, but I think we have to take that as a real win for you because you're determined not to like him. Um, and, and I think he was absolutely superb. Um, I thought Seema was great, and I agree. Um, he had a bit of bite about him. Um, I thought that Ufeko, when he came on, was great apart from the goal. 
Um, you know, and these things happen, and that's why you have preseason games. But he's he's very young, and he came in, and I thought he looked an absolute unit. His passing was neat and tidy. He was well positioned. So other than the goal, I was really um, impressed with him as well. Um, to be honest, so I I feel he deserved a bit more of a shout out than Balogun. That's not to say Balogun didn't didn't play well. He just you know Balogun's steady. But I thought Nifeku when he came on, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Um, but I thought he handled himself very well in that game. Yeah, if you want to kind of focus on the players that were already there, uh, Yefeko for me was definitely one of the standouts. I, I knew nothing about the boy. He came in and uh, I thought the first 10 minutes of his uh, substitute appearance, I thought he was really steady, really neat in the ball, physically ready for men's football at such a young age. Um, and I fully expect to see a lot more of this boy this season. Um, he's a left-sided defender. Uh, they come at a premium. We're in the market for one. We probably will, we probably will buy one. Um, but to have that boy there as, as a backup, um, is, that's, that's good enough for me, to be honest. Um, we obviously touched on Lammers and Seymour, but another two that I want to single out for a bit of praise, um, and I get it as pre-season, because I'm going to single out two for some criticism, but if you're going to be, if it feels fair, it's it's really quite harsh to praise or criticise any player in a pre-season game, but... I think that if we take this upon the season that they had last year, um, I think we, we continue that narrative in the pre-season. Um, I think that actually balances it a wee bit and makes it a wee bit more fairer. Um, so the standout for me, um, the two standouts for me was John Suttle. I thought his, um, his appearance uh, against Newcastle was a very good one. Um, the concern with Suttle is always the, the concern with Suttle is can he stay fit? If he stays fit, we've won an absolute watch. Um, brilliant player, so composed. Eddie, I was sitting next to you. It was the one thing I said to you. Um, and I'm not saying that obviously I see things that you don't, Eddie, because you obviously watched the same game as me and you've seen it as well. But it's just that composure to take that touch into midfield and run with the ball and then pass it into the midfield. Um, so he's carrying the ball you know, 20 to 40 yards, um, not losing it. He's taking it past, you know, really good uh, Newcastle players and Calvin Wilson. Composure and strength to do it. And then obviously creates an opening for Rangers. It just so happens that who he's passing it to um, will come on to him. But he's passing it to John Lundstrom, who then fires it back to the defence. Um, Eddie, we're a better midfielder. Uh, he's going to be a real asset, John Sutton, if he stays fit. And, and I suppose one of the other guys that I'm going to praise is Nico Raskin for that, but all goes to Nico Raskin. Rangers are on the attack. That's exactly what I was about to say. Stick Nico Raskin in front of him, and that is going to be an unreal um, bit of play between them. Suter, if, if we can keep him fit, and I know that's one of the most famous Rangers quotes ever, but if we can keep him fit, he will be outstanding for us. He was fantastic. Uh, towards the end of last season and he was fantastic in that game I know he had the one game against um, Celtic where he made a bit of a mistake um, but outside of that last season I was really impressed with him and and then again he didn't look out of place playing against a, a top team like Newcastle at all stick Raskin ahead of him instead of uh, backwards ball Lundstrom and, and you're absolutely on to a winner yeah, absolutely. Um, and Kenny, the aforementioned Nico Raskin, he came on a 20-25 minute cameo um, and he looks sharp. Now the concern I had about Raskin was he's not had the same pre-season as the, as the rest of the guys. He's had a wee break, but obviously you caveat that by saying that he played a wee bit more because of the, the, the Belgium commitments that he had. Um, but he looks sharp, ready and ready to go for the season. He certainly does. And it might work out really well for us if you actually look back to when we signed him, Chris, that he hadn't played for months before, so uh, it took him a little bit uh, to get up to speed when he came. 
uh, and he actually hasn't played that many games, um, you know, in, in relative terms, if you if you know what I mean. But he's had that couple of weeks off after the Euro under twenty ones, uh, and he'll have kept himself ticking over, and he will still be very very fresh because he played so few games in the first half of last season. Um, the biggest accolade I could give him, and I, I wasn't at the game, I watched it in Rangers TV, uh, couldn't make it, but the biggest accolade I could give him was watching it when he came on, uh, and of all the 22 players, or whatever it was in total, that ended up on the pitch there, uh, he was the best player in the park when he came on, for me, he was a, genuinely a standout, uh, that boy's, <laughs> he's he's going to be sensational for us, hopefully, I, I, I can't praise him highly enough, Uh Settled in so well, uh, looks so comfortable, and I've had four or five people uh, in my work uh, since Tuesday. You know, I was off on Wednesday, so yesterday uh, talking to some, a couple of guys I know, and then today in my work, uh, I've had four or five different guys say that he genuinely reminded uh, uh, he reminded them of Barry Ferguson in the way he plays, uh, which is praise indeed, isn't it? It is, it is indeed, um, and you know, it's it's a big season for Raskin, uh, I, I think he will deliver, I believe he will deliver, um, and the, the kind of flip side of it is if he does deliver, I don't expect to see him in a Rangers shot the following season, to be honest, because I think we'll flip him pretty quickly, um, and I think that's what he wants, so if that happens, it means that we've had a successful season, and we've made a, a healthy profit, so... I'm quite content with that because I know where we are as a club when it comes to transfers now, um, and I've I've accepted that. Another thing I want to mention before I come on to the kind of criticism of of two in particular players um, is Todd Cantwell. I mean, he didn't have the greatest game. It, it, it looks as if he's kind of building up his fitness there. But um, Eddie, how glorious was it when he smashed Anthony Gordon? Probably get the most you know punchable face in the whole of British football, and and we we Todd just wasn't he just wasn't going to miss his opportunity, was he? It was unreal. The the only thing that was missing was the the yellow card. But as I said to you, I'm sure John Beaton turned to him and said, "You'll get enough of these during the season, son. I'm letting that one slide," because he wasn't even anywhere near the ball. It was just a blatant, "Nah, you're a dick. I'm taking you out." I think my reaction actually was, "Jesus Christ, Todd, calm down." (laughs) Yes, I think he said those exact words. But um, I think, do you know something, lads? I think he he, what Todd Cantwell did there. He it was a retribution for. Uh, the boy Gordon having a go at Raskin a, a minute before. Did you see it in the game? Oh, I missed that. I totally missed that. Uh, he, he had a right wee kick out, kick out at Raskin, and he just went and done him, <laughs> which was great to see. Aye, uh, that's his boy, so you don't fuck with him. Um, so the two players that I feel we really need to have a serious conversation about, um, and and Michael Beale really needs to make. A, a big decision on them. For me, they're no big decisions, they're simple decisions, but f- the fact that they're still Rangers players and the fact that um, one of them has not been spoken about uh, in terms of moving on, it does concern me. So I'll start with the first one, Borna Barisic. Now, there is uh, some talk that he's going to obviously move on. Uh, Nottingham Forest apparently interested in him, which would be a fantastic move for him, to be honest. Uh, and we all know why they're getting him from. But this guy, he, he's he's becoming a liability now, um, and I get it's pre-season, I get it's against a top quality team, um, I get on the whole last year he had a fairly decent season, but in the big moments uh, where they really mattered, you know, the games against Celtic, uh, he was always there to, to let us down, um, we simply cannot go 
uh, and next season with him being a first choice left back. I think Ridvan uh, defensively is better. I think offensively, uh, Ridvan is probably better in, in terms of motoring forward, never looking back, getting into better positions. But you just wish that, that Ridvan had the crossing ability of Barisic because it's the only thing now that's keeping Barisic anywhere near that team is his ability to cross the ball because it is still obviously top quality. But I'm sorry, but the negatives just far way out the, the positives and we have to cash in now because I don't I don't even want him as, as backup left back. And I know this is incredibly harsh and people might say oh, he's been a great servant for three, four years or whatever it is, but I would actually come back and say, has he really? Because he's been part of the team that has delivered so little um, over a long period of time. And it's why this team has now been broken up and we have a brand new team. And Barisic uh, epitomises everything that was bad about the Rangers team of three, four years um, ago because his mentality is poor, his position is poor, his defensive nose is poor. Um, and I, I can't, Kenny, I'll come to you first. I, I, can't go, I can't go another season of Barisic trying to play himself into form by playing the ball back to the keeper instead of going forward um, and then getting caught out of the back post or letting his man go past him. Uh, it simply has to be moved on. Yeah, I do tend to agree, and I've said it umpteen times on here, but uh, I I quite like Borna Barisic as a player. Uh, like him as a person. When he can, you know, when you you listen to his interviews and stuff, he comes across really well. Um, but there there does come a point when you look at this and say this has been going on for you know a year and a half or so, where at least you know where the Borna Barisic of three or two or three or four years ago, put it that way, would uh, motor forward, would link and overlap with, with Ryan Ken. I think he tried an overlap once the other night, that was it. He, he's getting the ball in an area where he can move forward and choosing not to all the time. Uh, when you add that to his genuine inability to, to defend a back post, um, he just doesn't have the ability to do that at this minute in time. He's always been suspect there, but he's particularly weak at it at the minute. Their first goal kind of epitomises everything that's wrong with, with Borna Barisic's game at the minute, where it's a really obvious and simple pass that the, I can't remember who it was, but the boy that played it to Almiron, uh, it was a, such an obvious pass to play. And he's... He's in no man's land, if you understand. He's just nowhere. He's he's the wrong side of of, for, of the player for a start, um, and he just gives Almiron a, a free strike at goal. And you know, it's it's not the first time I've seen a ball hit the back of the net with Borna Barisic sitting on his ass. Is it? Uh, we all respect him, uh, just nowhere near. You know, defending properly. And we are at a point where you know you're talking about. Red Van Yilmaz, and he's he's a lot younger, he's a lot hungrier, he's he's much more aggressive uh, attack attacking wise. Um, I, I was a little bit concerned with Yilmaz for the second goal because uh, the young boy that scored their goal, it just it was really obvious he was head and shoulders above him. We can't have uh, Yilmaz try to defend our six yard box in the middle, you know, the middle of the six yard box. That's not going to work. So that was a bit of a concern with Yelmaz, to be honest with you, because the boy that scored the goal isn't the biggest of players, and and he was it was just a free header basically because Yelmaz is so slight. Um, but yeah, that left back and that left left hand side of the defence is an issue at the minute. There's just no getting away from it. 
Uh, we need a new left back and we need a new left centre half, Chris, for me. Uh, but yeah, getting back to Bonner, I, I think his time is up. Uh, I think he he's never been one to to not accept the fact that his time will come to an end here at some point. And I think if there is a genuine offer or other offers out there for him, I think he'll go uh, and he'll go with my best wishes because I do like him as a player. But I think for in terms of the top level for us, uh, when it comes to the pressure games and European games and stuff like that, he's just not going to cut it anymore, Chris. I really don't think so. I think he's going Um And obviously, John Lundstrom. Uh, I just... The, the, the scary thing is, I see a future here for him because I think Bill sees something in him and Bill likes him. Um, but I look at I look at everything. He's got what eighteen months, uh, well probably twenty four months left in his contract. So next season, we're going his last year. He's still at a decent age. We can probably command two to three million for him. There will be teams down in England that that will take him. He is probably one of our highest earners and. On the park, it takes four or five touches to control the ball. He'll then go in a heavy tackle if he's unable to control the ball. He'll give away a free kick. He'll get booked. If he can control the ball, he will go sideways or he will go back. There's a very labelled demeanour about him. Um, it's not that he doesn't look fit. It does look fit, but just his style of running, um, his style of kind of expressing his, his work rate and application, uh, just it, it annoys me. Um, but overall, with all things Rangers, you can accept all that kind of stuff if the ability's there. And I just don't see the ability anymore. We've got Ryan Jack who will do the job, but I get that the concern there is Ryan Jack can we rely on a full season of him being fit? Probably not. But Raskin could do that job if you really need him to do it. So you've got Raskin and Jack there, and obviously one more will come in. We, we, we will come on to that. And if you can get the two or three million for Lundstrom, that, that frees up some more funds to possibly get an upgrade there. And I believe that for two or three million, you, you, you can get a complete upgrade. I, I'm just not a fan of the guy. I feel that Rangers' demise last season, although not solely down to him, he was a big contributor to it. Um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst saved his Rangers career and then he repaid him with um, pretty much stabbing him in the back to be honest because he was one of the worst offenders for me not the only offender but one of the worst um, I don't trust him in the big matches in the big matches and, and people will say and rightfully so but look at the Europa League run I get that um, but if you can't open your eyes and see that that's the kind of caveat that that's the, the outlier that that's just a complete purple patch because last season um, we've seen none of that form at all. Um, I just, nah, not for me at all. And he will cost us uh, this season. I'm not saying he's going to cost us trophies. I'm not going to say he's going to cost us games, but it'll cost us moments which could contribute to points, which could contribute to trophies. Um, and nah, he's just a day. I'm just no, I'm not buying Lundstrom anymore. Um, I wasn't really buying him anyway, but. Uh, seeing that just reminded me Everton is bad about him and can he play himself into form he's got a massive task ahead of him to, to do so because that's my concern here Eddie. he's bringing last season's form into this season and this is a fresh start and if you can't hit the ground running with a fresh start then it's um, it's looking like game over yeah it breaks my heart um, I, I thought he was going to be great when we signed him even when he struggled at the start I had a lot of faith in him so when he did really well in that kind of last six months of um, Gio's first, uh, start of his run last six months of that season on the run to the Europa League final um, 
I was delighted to see how well he was playing. I really bought into it at that point and was like, yep, he's absolutely fantastic. He's going to be brilliant. He's going to have a huge career for us. And then last season, he was just horrendous. Um, I still kind of held out a bit of hope, but it just never never seemed to come. The only time he really played well was when we signed Campwell and Raskin, and it, it was a bit of like your job's on the line situation. Um, that first game after that, he kind of went out and, and played superb, I thought. And then since then, he just kind of petered away again. And this season, I was hoping, uh, like, it's a testimonial, so it's hard to read into it. Although it, it was more of a preseason friendly than a testimonial because it wasn't like your usual cameos and that kind of thing. Um, it was a lot of first team players playing. And I know you can't read too much into friendlies, um, preseason friendlies, but you kind of hope a player like Lundstrom's got to realise that his his Rangers career is on the line. Do you want to be a bit part player or do you want to be a mainstay in that team? And if you want to be a mainstay, you know, there's players that have been brought in and it looks like there's more going to be brought in. So you're going to have to go out there and show what you can do. And Tuesday, if that's him showing what he can do, it's uh, probably best we do look to see if we can get two or three million from him personally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll come on to Alan McGregor just before we go on to Alan McGregor. Uh, some news about the Hamburg game. Um, Kamal Roof, Tom Lawrence and uh, Dessels, they will get minutes, it looks like. Dessel's just not quite ready as as Lawrence and Ruth weren't either. Um, so it looks like they, they three will get minutes um, for the Hamburg game. So, Kenny, that's, you know, that's massive positives here. Obviously, Ruth, we know what he can do when he's fit. So if we keep him fit, that is a major bonus for this season. Lawrence, look at the start of Mainty Rangers career. Um, I don't think Rangers have quite as bad a season last season if we keep him fit all season, uh, which obviously we didn't. Um, so again, another massive boost. And then Dessels um, starts his Rangers career at the weekend as well. So hopefully that that can be something the start of something nice. Um, but three massive players to come into that game. Yeah, it's, it's it's actually really exciting, isn't it? Um, Kamar Roof being fit um, and available is you know what a what a thought. Um, <laughs> without be, being sarcastic about it. Listen, the boy is an incredible player when he's fit. So if he is going to be fit this season, that would be that would be an incredible bonus. Uh, Tom Lawrence is literally, you know, like a new signing almost because uh, we barely seen him last season. But what we did see of him, he was very, very good um, and a driving force. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tom Lawrence in this new team. Actually, um, I think he get. Uh, badly done um, with the injury last year and uh, I, I can't wait to see him in a Rangers jersey again. I genuinely mean that as well. He is a properly good player uh, and this, is a, this guy really excites me. I told you this before on, you know, offline, but he he is a, he's a tremendous player, Chris, and uh, I am really excited to see what uh, our new attacking players bring to bring to Rangers uh, him in particular at this minute of time because um, he he's got lots and lots and lots to his game so it will be great to see them on Saturday hopefully all three of them get some minutes uh, wouldn't expect it all three of them to play ninety minutes at all but they'll get a, at least a half each I would think um, I think Michael Beale said something about perhaps having to rein Tom Lawrence in a little bit so. We maybe only see him for 10 minutes or so at the end, but yeah, it, brilliant to see him back. It's a bit like John Souter as well. 
um, you know, last season, when you see these guys back, you, you begin to realise, listen, our squad is nowhere near as bad as you think it is sometimes. Um, so, yeah, very exciting to see these guys come in on Saturday, Chris. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, so just on to Alan McGregor. So obviously uh, it was Alan McGregor's night. He got just over half an hour. Um, he got a fantastic send-off. Uh, the, the fans really showed their appreciation to him. He uh, certainly deserved this this moment. In terms of what the future holds, he's still not confirmed if he's retired or looking for another club. Um, he says he'll just weigh everything up. Uh, obviously Rangers fans would fully support him and whatever he wants to do. Um, Michael Beale said that he's welcome back at, at the training centre at any time if he wants to kind of keep himself fit. Um, he'd be a good role model to have around. Um, you see everyone connected with Rangers, what, what, what they feel about Alan McGregor. You see it on Instagram. Jack Butland, the new Rangers number one, said he was very honoured. Um, and then you see all the other kind of ex-players and stuff congratulating him. you seen Kieran Trippier, he had, a, he had a nice message for Alan McGregor on Instagram as well. Um, in terms of McGregor, you know, I think there's always a debate there. Is he the greatest? Um, I know you two guys, uh, obviously, you're on the side of Gorum. Um, one thing that's un- indisputable for me is uh, he's certainly top three of all time in Rangers history. And when you consider 150 years of history, uh, Kenny um, and and, and probably Eddie as well you guys have been absolutely privileged to see some of the greatest Rangers goalkeepers ever in your lifetime supporting the club if you look at Woods Gorham Kloss then McGregor um, but I, from a personal point of view I'm kind of a child of Kloss McGregor um, it was just an honour to see this guy uh, perform for Rangers now I know that some people, and and I think it's right to bring this up. Uh, I don't think it's right to to ignore this or gloss over it. But some people were obviously saying that they really deserve a testimony when you consider what happened in 2012. I'm quite happy to take Alan McGregor's word for what happened there um, over Charles Green. That's that's my stance on it. I'll, I'll believe McGregor over Charles Green, um, and I'm willing to. Well, I'm not willing to. I have completely forgiven and forgot and moved on from that and his second spell wasn't as successful as his first if you if you count the trophies but certainly it wasn't it wasn't his fault um he he was just an outstanding uh, servant for rangers um rightfully so he's in the hall of fame rightfully so there will be guys debating who is the best ever and his name will be in the conversation um it's also uh right for him to move on at this point because his ability is now no longer good enough to be Rangers number one. I don't think that's too controversial to say. Um, but what a career, what a guy, what a legend. Um, and if Butland has half the Rangers career that, that McGregor had overall, he's going to be in for a very successful time. And we're going to come to another goalkeeper soon, uh, Robbie McCrory. If McCrory's got anything about him um, and he has any McGregor, anything about, you know, McGregor's attitude about him. McCrory will stay and he'll fight for his spot because that's what Alan McGregor done. McCrory is in the exact same situation as what McGregor was. Uh, he was number three, number two, got to number one, then demoted back to number three, and he he never, ever gave up. And I think, Kenny, I'll come to you first, I think that's what makes it all the more special for me with McGregor. Um, this was so close to never happening for him, and he never gave up, and he earned the right. He... Pro, he, he he fought to be the Rangers goalkeeper and then when he got that he never looked back 
No, listen, uh, a couple of things about what you've said there. First, I wouldn't argue with anyone um, who says that they, they believe that McGregor's the, the greatest ever Rangers goalkeeper. Um, uh, you couldn't. It's two different things for me, actually. I think he might well be the greatest ever goalie, but strangely, I don't think he's the best. I, I think there's a period from you know '92, uh, the start, you know '91, '92 to '94, where Gorham was quite genuinely the best goalkeeper on earth um, for a period of about 24 months or something like that. Uh, he was genuinely that good, uh, and I don't remember ever seeing. Or thinking that McGregor's the best goalkeeper on earth, and that's that's where I, that's where my personal opinion comes from. Um, but I wouldn't argue with anybody that says Gorham or McGregor because it's one of those two for me. Uh, they're, they're they're side by side. They're they're greats of our football club. But another thing that you said that I hadn't heard anything about this about people kind of mentioning does he deserve a testimonial? Well, he sold the gaff, didn't he? Sold it out, so yeah, of course he deserved it. The Rangers fans know he deserved it, and yeah, he he got a, a tremendous send off. And I, 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 Rangers fans mystify me sometimes when they complain about things like this. Listen, what happened in 2012 was a it was a personal career choice, um, regardless to who said you know Charles Green said this and he said that. Listen, he was perfectly within his rights, and you know for his own career and for his own sanity to, for a, to a certain degree he, he, he did what he did and that's fine um, I, I, I have nothing but admiration and what I will say you, you said again that you you feel that it was a more successful first time and second time in terms of trophies, that's probably right but I'll tell you what, when he came back I actually think he was a better keeper when he came back they see that period for about the first two years when he came back there he was just Sensational. We actually came back and a more complete and all-round goalie for me, uh, and that's part of the reason why you know if I, if you say he's the best, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, just a tr- uh, listen. He's he's Alan McGregor. He, he is what he is, and you know I was delighted to see it. As I say, I was just gutted I couldn't get there, but um, absolutely delighted for him on Tuesday night. He, he deserves every single minute of it, and he deserves all the praise in the world, Chris. He is a top, top-class man and a top, top-class keeper. Eddie? Uh, yeah, I'll go back to the <clears throat> whether he's the best keeper ever. In my opinion, I've, I've said this a few times, actually, Alan McGregor, over the course of his career, is the best Rangers keeper ever. Um, I don't really think there's a there's much of an argument against that. Andy Gorham is, had the best single season of a Rangers um, keeper and had the most talent of a Rangers keeper in regards to his goalkeeping ability. Um, and at one point was arguably top one or two in the world um 92 93 kind of time but over the course of an entire career alan mcgregor has been the best keeper rangers ever had he's won everything um he's you know he's been part of runs to european cup finals or you know uefa cup europa leagues i know he got injured towards the end of the uefa cup one but you know there's not much he hasn't achieved in a rangers um jersey and yeah, you can go back to 2012 and talk about the way he left. But like you, you know, I, I'll take his word over Charles Green any day of the week. And if anyone has deserved a testimonial of the years, it's Alan McGregor. He's been fantastic for the club. He always demanded the best out of everyone. Um, I know the last couple of seasons he didn't have the greatest of times himself. But, you know, that wasn't for lack of trying. 
he always demanded everybody gave it everything. And if they weren't Borna Barisic, um, he was screaming at them. And sometimes even when they were Sasa Papic, he was screaming at them. Um, you could just rely on him on the field to be shouting and screaming and making sure that everyone was giving it everything they can for the jersey because he just loved the club so much. And he absolutely deserved his testimonial and he absolutely deserved his lap of honour at the end. Absolutely. Um you know, I think I think that's uh, beautifully put by both of you. Um, so obviously McGregor now departs, and a new chapter begins uh, for Rangers goalkeepers, and we wish Jack Butler nothing but the best. Um, so on the theme of departure, staying on that, um, Scott Wright has flown out to Turkey. It looks like he's about to seal a kind of half million pound move over to Turkey. Oh no. No. All right. Okay. <laughs> Sarcasm. Um, I, I do, I'll just come to you. It's, it's no great surprise at all. Um, he, he's clearly not good enough. Again, back to the kind of McGregor last two season thing. It's not for the lack of trying. He, he did really try, but it just wasn't good enough. I've seen some people just say, oh, only half a million. Like, it's it's still a profit. You're not going to get a million pounds for Scott Wright. Um, and I wish the boy nothing but the best. I really do. I hope he makes a fortune over there. Um, I hope it makes him a better player. I hope it kind of gets him on the fringes of the Scotland team. But all those things are just not going to happen at Rangers. So it's absolutely the right move for him. Yeah, I, like I joke um, about Scott Wright. But in all honesty, you, you can't deny he's tried. And sometimes he has been good. But it's it's always been, he's just missing that final bit. He's almost nearly a great pass. It's almost nearly a great shot. It's almost nearly contributing to the game and it's just never quite there and that's unfortunate but you know we we, we brought him in we tried him out it could have worked unfortunately it didn't and I think it's probably best for him and us um, that he moves on now I said on the last pod I hope he ends up at a club that's gonna allow him the best um, chance for the rest of his career because he's a nice guy he's never done anything to make me dislike him as a person just for me He's not the Rangers class that we need. He's not someone I want to see in the starting lineup. And, you know, that was kind of the one thing going into the Europa League final last, um, not last season now, season before, uh, like walking along going, we're going into a Europa League final, but we're starting Scott Wright. It's that kind of, he's there, but he just, he's not the level you need to take you that next stage. But hopefully he has a great career. Kenny, it's been confirmed today that Lewis Mayo has transferred to Kilmarnock for an undisclosed fee, so he's pretty much made his loan spell permanent. Um, listen, it's no great loss, it's no great surprise either, but the reason I bring it up is because it's something now that Rangers really, really have to address in this window. That's a homegrown player that we've lost, and we lack them big time. We potentially could be losing another one because Robbie McCrory looks like he wants to move on. Um, as I say, he, he kind of is a bit disillusioned by the fact that he's going to be number two, number three again this year. However, that, that presents another problem because if McCrory leaves, then um, John McLaughlin doesn't qualify as a homegrown player. Obviously, John McLaughlin was born in England and he was trained in England system, which doesn't make him an homegrown, a homegrown player. So we're potentially losing two homegrown players for the European quarter, um, which essentially means we will need to bring in uh, at least one homegrown player, and there's no one out there that's screaming obvious to me. No, maybe not, but um, I, I have a I, listen. I, I've got a sneaky feeling that uh, hey, I, how would I put that? I don't even think I'm not sure that Michael Beale is anywhere near finished in the transfer market. 
to be honest. I think there's so many players that he would like um, moved on, we'll, we'll say it politely, shifted out the way to a certain degree. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's actually targeted, once these players are gone, that there might be two or three sitting playing in the Premier League. There's a young boy that Clark's in at Motherwell that we were linked with earlier on and, and things like this. Don't be surprised if he actually, once the proper business is done, that he adds in that way. Um, I th- we've talked before, we were talking about Kelly, uh, the goalkeeper, if McCrory was to go, it'd be Kelly or Clark, really, wouldn't it? Um, I-, I think you'll get these replacements, Chris. Uh, I- I'm not as... There seems to be, and I'm not with you, I'm not having a go at you here, but there seems to be a fascination with this European quota at the minute. Um, to a certain degree, you've got to understand that a lot of these kids are just filling a bench place so that you can get 25, 26 players into your squad. It just means that those you know, places aren't taken, Chris. You don't need to have the eight. That's, what, that's the point. It just means if you don't have them, uh, you don't have the the places. That's you lose those places out of your squad, so it becomes a smaller squad. Um, so I'm not as fixated in terms just, of this. Just to interject there, Kenny, but is, I think the minimum is either four or six. Or like the or? minimum, the minimum's four. You've right. got to have four on, but we will have four on, Chris. This is what I'm saying. Uh, we will have four on the bench. It just means that you're missing four players on out of a 26-man squad for two games of football, um, which isn't ideal. I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm not kind of trying to dismiss it as it's not relevant. It is very relevant, but at this minute in time, when we're trying to do our business, it will literally be for this one uh, third round uh, tie in the Champions League. Um, and I'd rather we concentrated and getting the actual players that we wanted to play in this game um, in the door before we started filling a squad for the U, you know, the Champions League or the Europa League, whatever we're going to be in, and at that point, if you if you know what I mean, so I'm not quite as uh, uh, sensitive to it at this minute as time as as other, a lot of people seem to be. To be honest with you, uh, it'll come, and I do think that there will be two or three coming from within the Premier League that are the young Scots players that he's going to take a punt on. Got to say that. Yeah. <coughs> um, other potential departures, Kenny. Uh, Eddie, sorry. We've touched on potentially Barisic, um, Kamara, three to five million uh, to Leeds. That that rumor doesn't seem to be going away. Kamara wasn't part of preseason the the preseason group. It wasn't part of the, the the match day squad against Newcastle. So that looks like that's going to go ahead. Um, right move all round, Diddy. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's probably the best time. Um, we discussed this on the the pod last week as well. Kamara, for me, he'll leave and he'll leave with thanks um, and I, I'll wish him the best in the rest of his career he's came in he came in at a very very low fee a very famous um, 50,000 we're potentially looking at up to 100 times what we paid on him um, granted if we told him a few years ago we would have got even more um, but you know if ifs and buts and all that um, however the last couple of years unfortunately haven't been the best for him um, he hasn't performed as high as he could. I think we all know, and there's no point going over and over and over it again, but there was that um, incident against Prague that kind of understandably really affected him. And, you know, I can't imagine what it must be like to go through that kind of an experience. And I don't think any person in the world deserves to go through that kind of experience. So uh, I have um, 
the utmost sympathy for him, having gone through that, and I can understand why that affected him. And then, of course, we sold his two best friends, and that's got to be a difficult thing as well. So I just think these last couple of the seasons haven't been great for him, and, and a fresh kind of start somewhere else, some new surroundings, um, a new environment is probably the best thing for him. Um, moving him on and getting a fee is the best thing for us. So all around, I think it's a win-win situation for him as and whatever club he goes into, because I've no doubt given a fresh start and new surroundings into a new club. I've no doubt he'll rejuvenate his career again because he's an outstanding player, uh, technically excellent and perhaps a bit lightweight for a defensive midfielder, lacking that kind of last bit of cutting edge for an attacking midfielder, but stick him in the centre of the park and I think he's outstanding. Give him a good teammate alongside him. I think he walks into plenty of lower half of the Premier League teams, no problem at all. So I, I think if he moves on to Leeds, I think he'll be good for them and hopefully we stick on a, a future um, sale percentage because I think he'll go for a lot of money after a couple of seasons at Leeds. And Kenny, just to round off potential outgoings, uh, Ben Davis, that rumour doesn't seem to be going away and neither does Fashion Sakala to Saudi Arabia, £4 million. Um, I wouldn't be too disheartened to see either leave, especially if we can get £6 million for both of them. That's fantastic business and, and many people... I have to say, I, I, I want to kind of put the record straight here. Many people keep saying, if we can get close to what we paid for Ben Davis back in a transfer fee, that would be phenomenal. It really would be phenomenal because, in my opinion, we're not going to get anywhere near it. I think we're looking at 50% and writing off the rest because um, I just cannot see a Premier League, uh, well, a championship team paying uh, £4.5 million pound for Ben Davis, especially after the season he had. I think we're looking at a £2 million pound uh, loss there, unfortunately. But um, I, I have to say, getting him off the books would be a, a great bit of business. Sakala, £4 million for him would be phenomenal business. Uh, I get his, his goal contributions are, are pretty much um, the, one of the best at Rangers, um, but that doesn't tell the full story. Um, these these all came in, in kind of meaningless matches, if you will. I get that those matches are important, but um, he's shown time and time again he's let us down when it really, really mattered and we can't rely upon him. He, he, he will, if, if, if Sakala stays, he will be good for those kind of lower-end matches, but you cannot rely on him in a, in a semi-final or a final or a game against Celtic. And if you're getting four million quid for a guy like that, you take it every day of the week. Yeah, you do. Um Look, I, 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 I've said, we've discussed this before, but we didn't pay four and a half million for Ben Davies. We paid three million for Ben Davies with add-ons, Chris. Uh, and I think we'll get that for him. I think the fact that he's turned up here, he's played European football. Um, uh, he's a well-known championship player. He's done well in that league. Uh, we'll get 2.8 to 3.2, somewhere about that for him, I think. Um and when you see we are getting linked with guys like Jonathan Panzo, who is 23 and barely started his career, uh, and, and playing in that league, somebody'll pay the two and a half. The sorry, I beg your pardon, the three million for for Ben Davis. I, I don't think there's any doubt in that. And if he wants away, then yeah, he'll go. I think it's just a bit slow down there at the minute. Uh, uh, as for Fashion Sakala. Um, <laughs> Again, you, you sit there and you watch him go past a top-class defender on Tuesday night. Uh, it leaves him standing as if he's not there, gets to the byline and hits the ball out of play. It's exactly what you expect, you've come to expect from Fashion Sakala. Um, you, the unexpected, you don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, but for me, if you're getting £4 million for him, um, 
yeah, you reinvest that straight into the squad. He's he, he's just not the answer. Uh, it's a little bit like Scott Wright as well. The way Eddie described Scott Wright, you know, it's almost this and it's almost that. He fashioned Sakala is a little bit like that for me, where he just makes me. I've not got any hair, but if I did, it make me want to pull it out. Um, he just frustrates me sometimes, and and I love the guy to bits. He's a fantastic person and. Uh, he's a decent enough footballer but he's just not what we need at this minute in time Chris Um, and as I say if you actually add up and rack up the money that we are being reportedly you know being reported to be getting for some of these players the likes of uh, Sakala and Kamara and Davis and whoever else is going there's quite a lot of money. By the time if we were to get what's been quoted for the outgoings, uh, we won't have spent a penny yet, literally. Um, so that's quite encouraging in terms of, as I said, you know, five minutes ago about Michael Beale really juggling, uh, you know, eight, nine, ten different things at this minute in time. Uh, it will be interesting to see where we're at by the end of this window because I, I'm like you, I just totally agree that there's there's so much dead wood there that it's kind of it's a strange feeling for me watching it on Tuesday and getting deflated at a pre-season friendly that you don't take anything out of but just watching guys like Fashion Sakala make the same mistakes or Borna Barisic make the same mistakes and you just think we can't go into the new season doing this we need a fresh start uh, and that's kind of where I, I'm at with it um, and I do agree with you Davis and Sakala should go, Chris. Yeah, if if we can get that interest concrete, then move them on. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the old kind of joke um, of how can you defend against Sakala when Sakala doesn't know what he's going to do. I think that's run its course now because it has pretty much become a reality, and it is no longer funny now. Um, when we were kind of on the cusp of success, it was pretty funny because he is such a likable guy. But we we can't rely upon that. I mean, we can't rely on a guy beating five five men, scoring a worldly, and then missing two open goals against Celtic. Um, we'd rather he scored the two open goals against Celtic than do the worldly. Um, and if you're getting four million for it, you cut your losses. As you say, Kenny, a fantastic top top guy, but um, just unfortunately not a very good football player. Um, I, I mean, and and I say that in a frustrating sense because he's got all the abilities. He's got the 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 characteristics of, of, of a good football player. He just can't put it all together and he never will. He's he's not a young boy anymore. And just to round off the departures, Eddie, I'll come to you because I know you like this guy. Antonio Cholak left Rangers for £2 million to sign for Parma. Um, Eddie, I took one look at this guy and I thought, nah, I'm not having him. And it's not a case of I, I then doubled down. Um, phenomenal finisher, probably the best finisher we've had since Chris Boyd. I genuinely mean that. I, I hold him in that higher regard in terms of his finishing. But it was a passenger for 85 minutes. Um, under Gio, Gio had to kind of pers- uh, persevere with him because obviously there was some trouble with Morelos and, and obviously Roof was injured. The minute Michael Beale came in, my mind was totally made up. Um, this guy cannot play in a Michael Beale team. Ultimately, it's been proven correct. It's, again, it's not a case of I told you so because, Eddie, you're a clever guy. You knew it yourself. But I also understand, Eddie, you've still got a bit of a heavy heart because you did have a soft spot for him. But for me, it's absolutely the right move to make a slight profit on him, 31-year-old. A brilliant move for him as well. And then you look at who we're bringing in. We will talk about that in a wee second. Um, all round makes sense. Um, 
And again, as a human being, fantastic human being, really took to the club, was never an issue off the park, was never an issue on the park, other than obviously he, he couldn't quite do what was required. Um, but yeah, it's, it just makes sense all round. Yeah, I mean, I am gutted. I, I like um, Tony Goals a lot. I took to him straight away. Um, you know, I'm old fashioned. I like my strikers to score goals. It's, it's just odd. Um, but you're right. I, the minute Beale came in, I knew it was kind of done for because he was never going to fit into to Michael Beale's style. And that's OK. Not everyone will. Um, but overall, I think it's been an outstanding uh, signing for, for one season. You know, the only thing that's missing is obviously winning titles. But I can't blame that on him personally. But he came in at a OK profit, he, um, an OK price. He got us into the Champions League. And we got the money from that. And we'll stop talking about the Champions League from that point. Um, scored a lot of goals for us. And then goes out and makes us a profit. I, I don't think you can ask for much more other than if he'd scored a couple of goals to win us some some uh, trophies. But outside that, I think it's been a, a great bit of business by the club. And I wish him well for the rest of his career. And I'll keep an eye just to see how he gets on. Absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, arrivals... So it looks like Shefentes and Danilo are now down the line. Shefentes is probably uh, closer than Danilo. Shefentes is probably going to be costing around two million. Um, and Rangers, if, if reports are correct and, and reports I have to say are coming from Holland, Rangers have submitted a bid of five point five million. Um, one, no one's actually said 5.5 million, but what's happened is one report said 5.3, another report said 5.7. So I've split the difference, um, and I'll call it 5.5. And by all accounts, that's either getting closer or we're there at the asking price. So I expect this to rumble on for the next seven to ten days. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a quick turnover for Danilo, but we will get there in the end. It looks like looks like he wants the move. Juventus, that's been a long running saga, but it looks like Rangers had an agreement with LA to allow him to finish the, the mid-season break in the MLS and then we'll get the job done, which I think is fair. I think that's the kind of honourable thing to do. We'll get him in, we'll slowly integrate him into the team. We've got enough cover there at the moment if everyone stays fit and then we'll get him up to speed. Two signings, um, seven million quid for these two signings. You add that onto the kind of almost 10 million quid we've spent so far. Serious, serious money is getting bandied about here in the market for Rangers. Um, and I will be honest again, Kenny, I'll come to you first. I fully expected this to be the case. I'm on record for saying it. I thought Bennett's not going to fuck about here. Um, he's going to put his hand in his pocket if required. If we can self-fund it even better. It looks like a bit of both going to happen here. I think we're going to self-fund quite a lot, but I think Bennett's going to dig deep as well. Um, because he is... He's no messing about. He is backing Michael Beale to the to the absolute help. And one or two things will happen here. It's going to be very successful or Beale will get his jaws because this is a heavy, heavy investment. The likes of which we've not seen since Dick Advocate. It really is. Um, it's exciting. And I will be honest, I was a wee bit kind of... I felt a bit meh. Like, is this it? Is this, is this, is this the exciting summer that we expected? Right up to... The Danilo Juventus chat. Now I'm like, right, okay, let's do this. Add on to that, obviously, we're probably going to sign three or four more on top of Juventus and Danilo. Um, we we we're no we're not here to fuck about this season. We're here to 
do a job and that's all I've wanted and I know it's a big ask to ask millionaires to spend their personal wealth on a football club I get that but do you know what if you're involved with Rangers then there's a certain expectation you need to meet and uh, Mr Bennett certainly is is meeting that so far Kenny well I certainly hope so yeah and, and if the two of them come in then that would be fantastic and we were uh, we'd be well on our way certainly uh, middle to front Sifuentes is a, a, a cracking player from what I've seen of him I've t- started to take a proper look at him and he is a he's a baller he's a very good player um and you you're talking about John Lundstrom he's exact he's very similar but but looks better if you know what I mean uh he's more box to box and yeah uh Cifuentes can do uh he'll do for me if he comes in looking forward to seeing him as for Danilo yeah uh again you know we've seen this kid We've seen the highlight reels. We've seen the, we've seen the goals he scored. This, this is a, he's Brazilian for a start. Um, this guy, this guy is an exciting talent. That if we can get him in the door, it, it, I, I would agree with you, Chris. It would, it would show the intent at, at boardroom level to, to turn around and, you know, restructure, the, you know, the club in every manner, but particularly on the football pitch. Um, and just in time, because I think they realise themselves are probably under pressure uh, to do that, having had such a, a poor season last season. Uh, but look, I, it's it's hard to, to get overly excited with, with guys that aren't in the door yet. Um, but if I'm being 100% honest, probably these two, more than any other of the signings we've made so far, are the ones that actually excite me most. Um, I think Cifuentes just makes... Uh, our midfield almost complete in the sense that unless somebody else could, you know goes out the door, um, that he'll be happy with his lot, Michael Beale, and it'd be the same with Danilo. Um, and I'll, I'll guarantee you, actually, I'll stick my neck on the line and say that Danilo and uh, Dessers between them will score 50 league goals this season. I think that's how good they'll be. I think they'll both score plenty. You've uh, kind of popped a wee pin in my bubble there, Kenny, to be honest with Shefentis, saying that he's a very similar player to Lundstrom. Are you trying try to give me a heart attack already? But better. <laughs> well, why? Jesus Christ, I was looking forward to him as well. Nah, I'm only kidding you on. D- Danilo is the one for me, Eddie. Shefentis um, is a good player, don't get me wrong, but Danilo taking a guy that more than played his part in a championship winning team in the, the Eredivisie, European football um, in terms of like, he's played it, so he doesn't need to adapt to it. He's got the right age, the right attributes, um, big money signing, Brazilian. Uh, nothing indicates that this is going to be a failure. You can't look at his career and go, I bet this, that, that, that's a red flag or that's a red flag. Unfortunately, many of the guys that we have already signed, you can probably do that. And it is probably the reason why we've got them. But Danilo just looks as if he's got the perfect track record at the perfect age, the perfect ability, and I, um, I'm on the Danilo uh, train. We'll call it Danilo train. Yeah, 100%. I'm on board. That's the one that I'm excited about. Um, <clears throat> he's, you know, he's got the pedigree there now. He's shown he, couple, three or four years ago he was outstanding um, in the Eredivisie. I think he was like top five scorer, top four, um, 17 goals, which is no mean feat. Um, and then last year contributing for Feyenoord as well, um, and he contributed quite quite well. He's again getting in amongst the goals, getting the assists, and he's just an exciting player to watch. Um, and of course he's Brazilian, 
you know, who who doesn't get excited about having a Brazilian in their team? But he's definitely um, the type of player that I was hoping Beal would be looking to bring in. And it just really makes me kind of excited to see if he does come in, what kind of a starting lineup we're going to go out with against um, Kilmarnock on day one, because we have the potential to really, really kind of overrun them with the attacking options that we are bringing in now. And I think you're right. I think um, get these two over the line, I think... We've had a really good transfer window, and I wouldn't be surprised to see another couple more. And I think your spot on the investment this this transfer window has been absolutely huge, exciting, and something that we've kind of needed for a, a while now to really get the fans going again. Yeah, just looking at Danilo's kind of statistics uh, in terms of just pure goal scoring statistics. If you if you would include the kind of um, the Ajax uh, B team, if you will, who play competitive football, by the way. Um, 152 appearances uh, in professional football and 71 goals. Just frightening uh, to get a player like that in. Um, and I, I, I really, I really hope we get that one over the line. But as I, as I say, we've got it kind of far down the line now. It looks like we're we're ready to, we're ready to meet the the demands of Feyenoord because if Feyenoord want six million, for example, you're we're not going to haggle over half a million. A difference of half a million, I think we'll go there. I hope that the bid that we've placed is enough, but if they're only wanting a little bit more, I think we will go there because I can't see Bill letting this one go now um, because we're too far in. Having said that, Bill did say that there is other targets there in case something does go awry, but I, I certainly hope that we get this one done. Um, and it's really, really exciting because, as I said, I actually expect fear for more on top of Danilo Chifentes. I have it kind of panzo that doesn't go away. I think a left-sided centre-half is going to come in anyway. I think we'll sign another left-back. I think we'll probably sign another midfielder. And then <clears throat> maybe one extra after that. So there's still a long way to go in this window. Serious money's been spent. Serious um, surgery has been done in this squad, as was promised. Um, outgoings have been a little light, but that seems to be ramping up now. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. All um, on the back of the Champions League draw being made this Monday. Um, that'll be done this Monday, so that's exciting as well. And we'll finish off with um, quite possibly Castor's best effort. Um, this new third top is a belter. When I first seen it... Um, Cards on the table, I've seen it on Facebook. Anything Rangers-related you see on Facebook, you take with a massive pinch of salt. Um, I thought, right, that's just a mock-up. I go on to Twitter, Rangers release it, saying that obviously it's getting released at 9am 9, 9, uh, 9 tomorrow um, with a kind of small preview of what the top looks like, and it fits exactly to the, the, the top that I've seen on Facebook. Um, it's obviously a, a replica of the retro orange and blue striped top from 93, 94 or 94, 95, one of the years. It is an absolute belter. Um, and I'm going to go on record saying this is the best top that they have produced for us. It is a screamer. Um, and I certainly will be buying it. It annoys all the right people as well, of course. Um, but in terms of aesthetically pleasing, it's it's tremendous. Tremendous. Um, Eddie, what do you think about it? Oh, mate, I'm in love. Honestly, as soon as that picture went into the WhatsApp group, I was like, nah, surely not. That would be unreal if we if we released that kit. And then when Rangers announced it, I, I was just, yeah, I sent it to like pretty much everyone I know because it, it's 
unreal and I'm so excited for this kit coming out. I'd said a few weeks ago I'm not buying any of the kits this year. I'm going to wait till they're reduced because I've spent so much money on them. Went to the game on Tuesday and I was like, oh, no, I'm uh, I'm going to get the home kit because I'll I'll just wait. I'll leave the away kit till uh, it's reduced and I'll leave the third kit till probably the end of the season. And then this got released. These pictures got released and I was like, nah, I'm buying that on Saturday. Have to. It's just unreal. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I'll be honest, I was kind of similar with you, uh, Eddie, in terms of, I, I wasn't going to go crazy, I always buy the home top regardless, um, very rarely do I buy the away top, the away top this year is nice, so I probably will buy that when it does go to just, um, but I certainly had a rule that for, for about 10-15 years since the 2002 season, 2002-2003 uh, season, we released the orange strip, the Diodora one, and for 10-15 years we were hankering for a, an orange top um, because because it was just so aesthetically pleasing and genuinely that is the reason I'm in no way affiliated with the Orange Order or anything like this that, that people try and kind of tarnish Rangers with, uh, you know, what is it that we're saying that they're pandering to, to that element of support even if they are is, is that unacceptable I mean it, it seems to be Rangers do the everyone anyone but it seems to be from the outside everyone anyone except Rangers supporting Protestants you know what I mean they, they are very much included in the everyone anyone and it is obviously part of our, of our heritage but um, it, as I say they, it annoys all the right people because they just want to accuse us of that and this and whatever I mean, to get so offended over a fucking football strip, it always makes me laugh. But the point I'm making here is, Castor came in the door, it started with Hummel, they released a non strip, and then Castor just went overkill, man, everything was orange, and I just thought, right, they've kind of taken the novelty of it away. The the orange strips for Castor weren't that great, in my opinion, so I thought anything new with orange on it, I'm just going to stay away unless it really blows my mind. And then, Kenny, it, it's blew my mind. This, as I say, it is genuinely the best that they've produced. I will have to see it in person just to kind of have a look at it. I will have to see what the shorts and the, the, the socks look like. But in terms of the t-shirt itself, it's even the the the, the crest being centred, that does not annoy me in the slightest. Uh, 10 out of 10. Yeah, it is lovely. No getting away from it. It's a very nice top. Uh, I haven't seen the rest of it. Just the top I've seen. I haven't seen the whole kit. Um, but I'll be fair to Castor this, this summer. They've, they've absolutely nailed it. All three of the tops, I think, are lovely. I think they're really, really good. Um, <clears throat> I, I actually really like the the home the the first team top. Uh, I really like that. I like the design in the second, uh, you know, the second kit, the away kit. I like that. Uh, and this one is a wee retro number from what is it, two thousand and three, two thousand and four, or something. I think, isn't it? Or ninety. Well, the first one. Would have been ninety-three, ninety-four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then re- repeated in two thousand three, two thousand four. So yeah, we anniversary there. But um uh, listen, mate, that, that, that I can't as a fifty-three year old man, I can't get too carried away with a football top, right? But at the same time, there's no getting away from it. They are lovely. All three of them, and I really do like the the one they release well, they're re- releasing tomorrow. It's a lovely, lovely top. It really is. That's that um, so that's a nice way to kind of round it off. So pre-season's going well. Players are coming in. Good players are coming in. Good players potentially coming in. Players that need to leave are leaving. Um, we've hit the ground running in terms of getting the, the minutes in the legs and the fitness up. 
all that kind of cliche stuff. Um, Champions League draws on the horizon. Uh, all the new tops are released now. Uh, look, let's just get down to the proper stuff. Of course, we're playing Hamburg next week. We're then playing Hoffenheim. Um, like it's that is what it is. It's we just need to go through the motions of pre-season. Um, don't know about you guys, but Eddie, I'm chomping at the bit for the real stuff to start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not norm like I'm always waiting for pre-season to start and then it starts and then I'm a bit like, yeah, it's a bit crap. Um, so I, I kind of wait for the actual season to start and to see all these new signings playing together in a competitive match as well. I'm just I, I kind of wait for it to come. It, it's uh, a long way. Although I am looking forward to Saturday's friendly because I'm taking both my kids to that one. My daughter doesn't get up to league games because she's still quite young, but she went to um, one of the pre-season games last last preseason enjoyed it and she asked if she could go back so i've been able to get the three of us tickets together for this one yep uh what about yourself kenny looking forward to the season yeah of course i am mate yeah um as i said for me i am just kind of not convinced that we're, we're anywhere near finished I, I i'm finding the ins and outs really intriguing at the minute i'm really enjoying the 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 not knowing what's coming next kind of element to that, which I haven't actually enjoyed for many, many years. Strangely, you, you know, you just get that wee bit long in the tooth and you just kind of, you know, people come and people go. But this is such an overhaul that um, I'm enjoying the the here and now. And a bit like Eddie, just really excited and, and waiting for the new season to come to see these these new players mm. try and gel together very quickly. Um, and and be ready for the, the you know the get go, but you know to get as uh, ready for these Champions League qualifiers, and at the same time you'll have the first game against them. Uh, and if we're trying to peak and get ourselves together for that point, um, it's really exciting. The next couple of months are re- are going to be uh, a joy to to behold. Actually, I'm I am genuinely very excited about it and looking forward to seeing where we go with this new team full of new, young, exciting players. Yep, absolutely. Um, we will be back next week uh, with a further kind of pre-season report. I'll try and get every one of us on so we can give our predictions in one way or another um, for, for the season ahead. Uh, just a wee bit of fun. Um, don't read too much into it. I know we don't like to do predictions in the show, but we like to have a wee bit of fun as well. It's always good to kind of read back at the end of the season, see who made an arse of it. Um, I seem to remember when we were on T4 already, uh, a, a podder who's no longer with us tipped Zakowski to be the young player of the year last season, um, which was aye. So that's the kind of fun that we'll have. Uh, we know how to have fun, Eddie, don't we? Jesus, that was a bold one. I, I don't remember that one. Oh, no, it's, it's there. I, I, I'm not sad I write it all down. So yeah, that, I remember you writing them down because we were going to go back to them at the end of the season and I'm glad we didn't because looking yeah. back, some of them predictions were way the mark. I mean, I don't want to drop names, but Tom Hood has won the league before Easter. <laughs> so right, I'm pretty sure I said Robbie Matondo was going to be a young player of the year. I can't even find a bit of paper at hand, but uh, you probably did. That Welsh, that, that Welsh... Um... I'm sure I had Tom Lawrence as player of the year and Robbie Matondo as uh, young uh, player. <laughs> I had Tom Lawrence's play of the year. And to be fair, he was. And to be fair, he was. Ah, he probably was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will be back next week to kind of have a further report, probably the final pre-season report before we look ahead to the real stuff as the Champions League qualifiers are right round the corner. Hopefully by then we'll have maybe one or two in the door. Hopefully Danilo, hopefully Chifentes. 
Um, and yeah, so thanks for your support as always. Uh, if you want to catch us online um, on the social medias, uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on YouTube, it's, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Probably missing a few there. Um, and your support is always appreciated. Um, we've had a wee bit of a spike in support over pre-season, so anyone who's joining in for the first time, welcome. Hopefully we can keep you on board. Um, that is that is our aim. We're trying not to annoy too much, uh, but we probably will annoy you somewhere down the line. Um, but thanks to Kenny, as always. Thanks very much, mate. No, at all. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. Good to be back. And Eddie, thanks very much. No, no problem. It's uh, great getting Chinese both again. First time in a long time. Yeah. And uh, special thanks to producer Andrew tonight. He's dragged himself out his deathbed. Um, he coincidentally was at the Newcastle game, met up with him. Nice to see him and his dad. And uh, as I say, coincidentally, he's arrived back down south to his home and he's dying with a cold. Um, they are built differently down south. Um, Andrew, can you come in and say a few words? Are you able to do that? Or are you too weak? Just I can say plenty of fucking words, Chris. <laughs> Don't blame me for your country infecting me with its poison. Thanks very much, mate. Of course. Join us next week. As I say, we'll probably have the final pre-season report then. Cheers.